It's the Milkman Show. Welcome to the Book Nook, where I discuss books and I talk to the authors. And I must confess, uh, the idea for this actually uh, came to me a few months ago when I got a phone call from our guest today, David Carter. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, thank you, John. Your son-in-law is also a broadcaster, and he suggested that you reach out to me. And you and I had a conversation a few months ago, and I thought, initially, we, we, we were trying to plan a podcast around this book that you've written. And um, yeah. I thought, you know, this this is an interesting story to tell. And I'm not sure if a podcast, you know, a podcast would kind of be a one-off. Um, so better to do an interview and, and discuss the book and discuss this story as well, which... Um, is a story that I don't really recall seeing in the news. It surely would have been, though, yes? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, it was in uh, the local uh, uh, Toronto Sun carried, I think, a bit more than um, some of the other papers. But, yeah, definitely. So you're a, retire- you're, you're a retired police officer. Um, you worked in Toronto, and the book is called In My Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse. Um, considering how many cases a police officer would probably deal with in their life, um, this one is, it's obvious why this would be the subject of the book if you had to pick one. It's a Canadian cult that you exposed. Walk us through that. Well, in, it was in 1986 and I was, uh, at that time called a detective constable. So you're still re, uh, responsible for. Uh, youth um, under the age of uh, 17, and and I was uh, also uh, a sexual assault child abuse investigator. So we would work in conjunction with uh, Children's Aid uh, wherever, uh, you know, a, a youth. So it would be usually under the age of 12 um, more commonly, or uh, like I say, even under the age of 17. Right. And we would go, uh, you know, attend these uh, uh, interviews. And on this particular occasion, I just happened to answer the phone in the office. I think my partner was typing at the time. And the uh, children's aid uh, worker said, I've, I've got a bit of a different one for you, Dave. And and so we met at this high school in, in Scarborough. And it was a 19-year-old. So when we got there, um, he started to tell us, he said, you know, I'll tell you a bit about my story, but I'm concerned about a 10-year-old boy. Uh, and his abuse. So, all right, that's got our attention. The interview uh, was tape recorded, of course, was about two hours long. And sitting there listening to his tale of how he grew up in this home um, was pretty, pretty outstanding. He, uh, at one point after, you know, telling us his life of abuse, uh, as a young boy, um, said, well, that doesn't matter. I, I want to tell you about this 10-year-old. So we got as much information from him about that, and then we got back to his abuse, and he, he touched on it pretty lightly. And at the end of the um, uh, conversation, I asked him, I said, you know, do you have any uh, any marks or injuries, etc." And uh, he lifted up his shirt, and he had nine slash wounds uh, with some type of a sharp bladed knife that were not, not healed. So, you know, if you, if you cut yourself or, or get cut and you, you know, get it sewn up, uh, 
you know, it has uh, one look, but if it's left alone, then it becomes a very, very wide looking uh, uh, scar. Right. And he had nine of them. So obviously he had to be re-interviewed again uh, through me because now we're looking at uh, criminal activity as, as far as uh, what he had uh, gone through. So he had, this was in his mother's home. So that's sort of the title of the book comes from. Sure. And he got out when he was uh, 17. And uh, again, he wanted to, you know, let us know about this 10 year old boy. So that was our investigation. When I left this meeting and I called our, our um, intelligence office and I said, you know, this thing has all the earmarks of a cult, you know, the way it's falling together. And what do you know about cults? And they said, we don't know. Let us know when you find out. So I, called the OPP and, and same thing with them. And they said, well, I think we've got a tape in the drawer, maybe somewhere, uh, you know, a videotape maybe from the States. So um, we did a press release and right away I got contacted by a fellow who ran an organization that dealt with people getting out of these, uh, of these cults. And it was classic textbook um, abuse. Uh, this so the 19-year-old's uh, mother was a self-proclaimed uh, pastor. And uh, she was the one that ruled the roost and uh, held all these prayer meetings in this home. Uh, the picture in the front of the book is a, is a hand uh, sketch drawing of how the house, it's a, a field stone house. And, um, I mean, it looks, it, looks, it looks very quaint. It looks like exactly what I think most Canadians would probably covet if you could have that, you know, by a lake or a river. It, it looks very cozy. Yeah, yes, it was. And it was in a uh, suburbs of uh, Scarborough at the time. And when we did our investigation, it had been closed and boarded up. But um, the 17, no, sorry, 19-year-old, he was able to describe the home and what took place and, and the beatings and the abuse and the uh, not being, you know, suffering from a toothache, well, we'll pray for you. Um, it, it was just horrendous what he went through. And um, so our, our goal is to, to get the 10-year-old boy out. Where does a 19-year-old, where does he get that intestinal fortitude? Where does, where does if you grow up in that, how do you know that what you've been through is, is wrong? I mean, obviously, I think you've just got a sense that this is not right. Um, but how is he just able to go, yeah, don't worry about me right now. I'm worried about yeah. this 10-year-old. That that sounds like a very remarkable human being you were first dealing with. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's all part of um, what this other fellow's uh, group, this organization that he ran, um, part of their deprogramming people. So you tell me you're in a in a church, okay, is it on a Sunday? Oh, no, it's um, Tuesday night. Wednesday night, Friday night, and Sunday. Oh, yeah, is it like an hour, two-hour service? No, no, it's eight hours. goes all night. Oh, okay. And is, um, you know, do you sing hymns? Oh, no, well, but there's uh, the odd exorcism. So this sort of stuff that goes on, and then once they get out and they sort of talk to counselors or, say, a a, 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 a another priest or minister or, or someone right and then kind of find out you know well, all my friends this is what they do like the general population does this you know i'm subjected to this kind of abuse um 
and this type of treatment and it's a brainwashing it doesn't take long for them to get you in, into uh, or their, their hooks into you mm. and and you're stuck highly intelligent people get stuck in these things and it's it's sad the worst part is when this 10 year old boy is in this home the abuse is going on and there's adults in there and they're watching this but they think that this pastor is the conduit to god whatever she says this direct phone call from him it's it's so they think that must be normal and we've heard these stories and seen these stories for generations for ages and ages i i, I mean i don't i don't know how the average person uh i mean i, I think i'm an average person i i I don't think I could fall for that, and 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 it scares me to think that people can and do. Uh, are, are these the most vulnerable people in, in society that that tend to become victims to this, or can this really happen to anybody, David? It can happen to anybody, but they are people who, for example, one couple that I interviewed, and they said, "Well, I belong to this church, and the husband he belongs to this church, and we're not getting anything out of." my church, and we're not getting anything out of his church. We wanted something different. And, you know, at first, when they get in there, it's it seems all great, you know, and right. maybe, maybe they didn't want to wear a shirt and tie to church anymore, and they could just go and <laughs> lax, you know. But it, it, they're looking for something different. And right, they just, once you buy in. Really, yeah. The, the fellow that uh, got this, um, uh, this program going to deprogram people um it was called coma at the time council on mind abuse and he's no longer he he's moved back to england we were able to interview him again for uh, the book so it was it was quite something he still continues uh doing this in england and uh but he had um he had been able to uh you know help us uh you know give us a, a lot of guidance you know as to how they operate and how he got into it by he was downtown Toronto and he was uh, he was doing something or other near this hotel having a cigarette out front and this very attractive woman comes up to him and says hey how would you like to come to a meeting oh yeah okay she goes and you can learn how to quit smoking <laughs> oh, I'm up to that and just uh, that simple said, yeah it was that simple and he was at that time um, uh, an IT development programmer so very you know smart person sure and he said within three weeks he actually went in at the end of his three weeks and handed in his reg resignation to his boss and she said no not taking it so with friends and then there was a uh, a newspaper article by a toronto star reporter and he put in something uh, about a uh, a cult that was operating and this fellow uh, got in touch with him and then they, they actually formed this uh, coma group, and that's how he got out. But, yeah, so it can happen to anybody, but a lot more to the, you know, vulnerable people that are, that are kind of out there, unfortunately. David Carter is our guest, the author of In My Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse, A Canadian Cult Exposed, and you were the lead on this, so you... You expose this cult. Uh, I'm assuming they are no longer in existence, that, that they are over and done with. I believe so. Um, the uh, the name uh, that's in the book of the of the group uh, still 
uh, comes up uh, in Africa. And I don't know whether it was a former member that fled and went there or, um, but uh, yeah, the pastor, she is no longer uh, involved in this um, or anybody else that I know. But uh, uh, again, it's, it's, um, and this is the biggest problem. And uh, part of the reason of doing this book, and, and, and I mention it in the book and I mention it now is that there's a portion of the proceeds are going to the uh, Durham Children's Aid Foundation. Amazing. Because there's so many, there's over 4,200 kids that they look after. And in September before school, make sure they have all their backpacks and, and stuff. That's just in Durham. And, um, and then they, again, at Christmas time, they make sure they're, they're looked after. And that's just that foundation looking after them. Um, but there are kids that are out there that, you know, are being abused. And this one was a, was a mental and physical abuse Oh, with sure. adults. Yeah. With adults present. Gaining so, their trust and betraying that trust. And yes. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we got, we got, you know, we're successful. I, I can say that much about the book. But um, to be able to now, at this stage, have somebody come forward and say, look, I think this is happening to this child. And then that child gets help. Then I'm happy. I love that you have a give back component to this. And I encourage my listeners to pick the book up. I bought my copy on Amazon and I'm glad that I paid yeah. for it, especially knowing that some of it, uh, some of my money is now going to uh, help that cause out. Uh, again, it's called In My yes. Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse by David Carter. Um, how many years were you in the police force? Uh, I only did 30 years and 31 days. Only did 31. 30 years and 31 days. Um, Most yeah, most of my career was spent uh, later on getting promoted to detective was in uh, the same field, uh, doing uh, you know child abuse, sexual assault uh, investigations. So I have so was, much, uh, I, I I have so much admiration for anybody who puts on the uniform and serves. I cannot possibly imagine. Uh, this is just you know one one story. Uh, out of a 30 plus year career. I I can't imagine some of the things that you experienced. Um, Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. How are you after all of these years of seeing this kind of stuff? Uh, You still, it's still, uh, you get triggers. Yeah. There's other, there's certain places if I'm driving through uh, the city, especially Scarborough where I worked most of my career. Sure. And you'll see an address, you'll see a location and it triggers. And I could sit down and tell you exact details of what happened. This case, when I was doing this case, it was back then in 86. I don't know if it's still a term. It was like a movie made for TV. Mm. And, and I kept thinking, you know, this can't be happening. You know, this sort of thing is, is very strange. But I was being, you know, sort of guided along, I guess. Um, when I went in to see my my uh, detective sergeant and i said you know this is big and he said okay drop your other cases let your partner do that and just work on focus on this so i had the time wow. to you know interview people former members and uh and and find out how this was operated and who the players were and then um all the action to uh, to be able to take so it was i mean like i say 
if I sat down and told you now from start to finish, well, reading the book, it's, it's a two hour, it's two hours. And I can tell you exactly almost to the, the, to the point what I was wearing that day, <laughs> you know, and what people were wearing and how they looked and things that were said and things that were done. Well, I'm so grateful that people like you uh, do do this work. And um, thank you just never seems big enough for uh, what I'm sure you probably encountered, not just on this case, but on so many cases. Uh, thank you for writing yeah. about it. I really hope people give it a read because this is a true story. Um, you know, people, we started off talking sort of, you know, should this be a podcast? Uh, true crime podcasts are a big deal because people, I think, are, uh, there, there's something riveting um oddly enough about true crime and people people right. are um always amazed to hear just how horrific humans can be to each other yes um thank you for this time thank you for the book i wish i, I mean <laughs> i could probably talk to you all day and all night and get story after story after <laughs> story out of you uh but i do want to encourage people to read the book it's it's not a huge book it's only what are we looking at here a couple not even a couple hundred pages yeah it's about a hundred and eight or 109 pages i think yep uh, the, the pages aren't numbered by the way david <laughs> well uh, that was going to be my next explanation when i i print made the first copy and i my wife was reading she goes there's no page numbers i went why wouldn't they do that so you get back in touch with kindle and they said oh no you got to do it so the second oh you're uh, kidding uh, that's your responsibility as the author yeah second publication went out and uh page numbers were there but the font was uh you know you had to have of binoculars <laughs> to oh read it. Oh my gosh. So the third one and final one is perfect. It's all <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> all right. Make sure you get the third edition. Uh, David, I'm really grateful. And Chris, thank you for uh, for putting us in touch. David Carter, uh, the author yeah. of In My Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse. And uh, again, proceeds from this book, or, or there's a give back component to this book, uh, going again to it is the Children's Aid Society of Durham. It's the Durham Children's Aid Foundation. Foundation. Very good. Yeah. Thank you for um, your patience, too. It's, it took a couple of months to finally get this on the air and get around to it, but you've inspired um, many conversations that we're going to have with many authors. Um, reading is so important, and um, yes. I, I really love true stories. So thank you for this. David Carter, yeah. our guest. And I appreciate you doing this, like I say, for for uh, you know to help the kids at the uh, foundation there. It, it's It'll make my day the very least i can do david you're welcome back anytime um any thoughts on because you must have a million other stories to tell any thoughts on on other books uh no no this uh this was the one i kind of uh tucked away in the closet and uh, held on to um but no the other one's uh far more gruesome uh but much shorter so those will have to keep tucked away there you go. David Carter, our guest again on The Book Nook here on The Milkman Show. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.